Grace and peace to you, from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, who speaks to us in a gentle whisper in his gospel. Amen. Have you ever had that moment where you're just so flustered that you begin not to listen to people around you, even though they're trying to help you? That's my wife. I've had a lot of those moments. I, I get so flustered about the darndest things. I might lose my keys when they're right in my hand. And I, pretty soon I'm running all over trying to find them. And she'll be telling me they're in my hand. Meanwhile, I'm telling her that she's not helping me at all. And she has to start raising her voice. And before you know it, I'm asking why she's yelling at me. It's my fault for not listening. She wasn't yelling at first. She never had to yell at first. I had the keys in my hand and she was just trying to help me. But I was so flustered that I wasn't listening. I don't know if I did that exactly with keys, but I can tell you I do that a lot of things wrong. And Elijah here was flustered as well this morning. Elijah wasn't ready to listen like the Lord knew he was supposed to listen. Elijah was looking for the Lord to speak with mighty power before his enemies, but instead we see that the Lord spoke to Elijah this morning, not with mighty acts of power, but with a gentle whisper. You see, this is all Elijah wanted at this moment. He wanted to hear the Lord's plan of action for him right now. Things were not going as he thought they were about to go. This is literally right after Elijah had met with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah on Mount Carmel. So 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah go to Mount Carmel, and Elijah says, all right, we'll find out whose God is real by uh, whether or not they light your sacrifice on fire. And of course, the false prophets of Baal and Asherah fail because Baal can't do anything. You know, we know that Elisha, I'm sorry, not Elisha, Elijah. Meanwhile, Elijah's sacrifice was drop, dripping wet with water. He had dumped it with water numerous times. There was a trench of water around it. And when he asked the Lord to burn it up, the Lord sent the huge fiery inferno to not only burn up the sacrifice, but the stones of the altar, the water in the trench, and all of that with it. And of course, the people afterward, they all fell prostrate, and they, they yell out, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God, and everything starts looking up. And Elijah has all the false prophets of Baal killed. And yet here is Elijah hiding in a cave because it seems that though all these people had just repented, there must not be that many real repentant sinners in Israel. And he's hiding because he had just received a death threat from Queen Jezebel, the heathen wife of King Ahab, probably one of the worst kings of Israel that ever was. So Elijah is stressed and he's troubled. And I don't know exactly what he was feeling, probably a whole slew of emotions. You know, a little bit of anger, maybe fear. Maybe he just felt like a failure at that moment. I don't really know. But the Lord comes to him and asks him why he's hiding out in this cave. And Elijah says to him, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I've done everything you wanted me to do. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Now, if Elijah was going to go to anyone for help, he knew it was the Lord. He definitely knew in whom he had to put his trust, that's for sure. 
Now, I, I guarantee you that all of us can relate to that at, at some point in time, to, to what Elijah feels. I mean, who can't relate to the fact that life has just pushed you to the floor and you feel like they're mopping you the floor with you? I mean, who can't relate to the fact that sometimes you just get to your wit's end and you break? Sometimes you just feel scared. Sometimes you just feel like you need to go where someone knows your name, but nobody seems to know it at all. Where do you go then? You go to where Elijah went. You go to God. The, the God who knows your troubles. The God who, even in these moments, calls you to come to him in faith for comfort. You know, when Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burned, then I'll give you rest. The same God who in the Psalms says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. The God who says, Cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. The same God who, through Paul, said, if, if God is for you, if I'm for you, then who can be against you? We can all relate to that. And what more could help a wounded soul like Elijah's that day than knowing that this God is on your side? What could be more reassuring? So Elijah definitely went to the right place. He definitely had his faith in the right place. He knew to whom he had to go. After all, he had just seen when he saw Mount Carmel, that fiery inferno that no one else could have ever done. He knew what this God was capable of. But when God called him out of the cave to talk to him, he didn't see the Lord in the same kind of actions that he saw on Mount Carmel. You have to understand, God could have done anything for Elijah at this moment. God could have just wiped out all of his enemies and done so justly because Elijah's enemies were God's enemies. He could have come down with all of his wrath and anger against all those in Israel who were persecuting Elijah and wiped them out. He could have taken Elijah up to heaven even sooner than he does later in the fiery chariot. And he could, with all his might and power, show that he is not a God to be messed with, and neither are his people, as long as he stands behind them. And Elijah would, beyond a shadow of a doubt, know then that he is safe and secure and delivered and cared for. Well, the Lord came to Elijah, and he calls Elijah out of the cave, but he doesn't talk to Elijah with that same might and power that Elijah saw on Mount Carmel. He calls Elijah to come outside the cave. He says, the Lord's going to pass by. And so Elijah listens to him. And he shows Elijah a great wind. Understand, this wind is enough to, to break rocks apart. I don't know if you can fathom what that kind of wind is like, to actually break rocks. And then it's followed by an earthquake. And if the winds can break the rocks, imagine what the earthquake was like. And that's followed by fire. And again, I can only imagine that it was just like the fiery inferno that Elijah saw on Mount Carmel, because the Lord is demonstrating his great power here for Elijah. But the Lord wasn't in any of that. Elijah must have begin to, uh, began to feel better as he saw all those things, thinking to himself, well, the Lord is here to defend me now, but then he found out that the Lord wasn't in any of those. Instead, the Lord came to him in a gentle whisper. The almighty, all-powerful, and all-holy God comes to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Surely this is not the sign of God's presence and defense that Elijah was thinking about. You know, a man who was depressed and maybe angry and confused and sad uh, all at the same time. Somebody who was running for his life and needed God to have his back at that time. 
but it was in this gentle whisper that the Lord asked Elijah again, Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah answers the same way. But you have to imagine how different that second answer must have been. The exact same answer, but having heard the Lord come to him in a gentle whisper. And Elijah knew this was when the Lord was talking to him because it was after that he went out with his face covered. It was the God of the gentle whisper that he went to to find comfort and truth. And it was the God in a gentle whisper who gave Elijah that comfort and that truth. We too have to listen very carefully to the gentle whisper. Because God talks to us much the same way as he did Elijah. You know, the world is full of noise all over the place. It's full of riots, wars, rumors of wars. It's full of pain, sadness, tears. It's full of hate. It's full of sorrow. And it's full of persecution. It's full of confusion. And all of these things are just noise shouting at your heart telling you that it doesn't matter, telling you that you can sin as you please, telling you that God doesn't care about you, telling you that you're not good enough, possibly telling you that God doesn't care, telling you to be afraid of everything that's around you. And all these things are causing so much noise. You would think that the Lord would have to speak pretty loudly and strongly to cover it all up. But he doesn't. Sure, God definitely acts in great and miraculous ways once in a while, but there are times where God speaks in a gentle whisper and perhaps we just fail to listen. Perhaps we fail to look for the gentle whisper and instead try to look for those great acts of strength and mighty power, leaving that gentle whisper going unnoticed. You would think that God in this world could be so much more effective if he had showed that great strength and might of his. I mean, imagine how more people would come to believe and how much easier it would be to have faith in him if he were to just turn the tide of the world at some point to show that he still has control. To answer prayers maybe a little more definitely and more clearly when we ask him. To overturn all those who are trying to poison the work of the church in this world. And do you think that Peter probably could have walked all the way to Jesus if Jesus had stopped the wind and the waves from touching him that night? I would think so. And don't you feel like you would be much more of a champion than a conqueror in this world if the world didn't come and make so much noise and present you with the persecution and the hatred that it does against you? And, and, and then see the church and the growth of the church prevail once again? Sure. I'm sure we would definitely feel much more successful as the church on earth and much more than conquerors in that kind of world. So why does he hide? Why does God stay quiet? Why does God not show the same strength and divine intervention that we see before Elijah, before that gentle whisper comes? Because the God of free and faithful grace demonstrates his most powerful in that whisper. God does talk to us, and his words written down for us are so much stronger and active in our lives than any of the other noise the world tries to throw at us. 
Then when Paul arrived before and he wrote this about what he had told him, he said, when I come, now when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He wanted them to know nothing but Christ when he came to them. Paul, the same guy who too tried to pray to the Lord that he remove a thorn from his side. And the Lord's answer was, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And that was enough for Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. That was all he got as an answer. And Paul was happy with that. Paul found strength in that. The upheaval in the world compared to the written word of God seems so much greater and more powerful. The written word of God may seem fairly weak at times. It may just seem like a book sitting on the kitchen counter. And maybe it's not even the most eloquent words written or scrolled out once in a while, but it's so much more than that. In the middle of all the tumult of this world, what gives us more comfort than to sit down away from all the troubles of the world and to read through God's promises and let the Holy Spirit soak into our hearts? What is more comforting than hearing that little sentence amidst any great sermon or speech when it just finally comes down to Jesus forgives all your sins? It's the gentle whisper that God's people love and look for. It's all throughout the, the scriptures. In our psalm today, Asaph, he talks about his spirit being embittered and down by all the youth people of the world. But what gives him hope? It's the fact that God still held him by his right hand. For Paul, his grace from God being sufficient. Even the truths that we read in Romans 8 this morning, the fact that you are more than conquerors and that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, that didn't come about by great army showings and great battles and wars. It came about from the bowing of the Son of God's head in death. With that last word to tell us, it is finished. Our God of free and faithful grace is mighty to save, but he's gentle with his children in time of need. So when your heart is troubled around this world, find comfort in the common words of the gospel. When pain and tears persist and they just don't seem to end, find help in that gentle whisper. Take time to sit down and read the word of God in the quiet. Let the Holy Spirit just work on you as those promises just lighten up your heart. If you have a moment, come and sit in the sanctuary here when no one is around, when it's just quiet. Look at the cross, contemplate what that means for you. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will work through the power of the gospel in your heart that day. Knowing who you are as you sit and listen to the gentle whisper of God's word bring you joy that you've never known before. A joy that's louder than anything else that you hear today. God came to Elijah in a gentle whisper. That gentle whisper is our strength. Let us not lose it in the noise of the world, brothers and sisters, but listen to it. Look for it and hear it when it comes to you through his word. Amen.